millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of We Are Going Up. Cue the fireworks. Are you impressed? 150, yeah. I know. This is all we could afford. How have we got this far? <laughs> Does it feel like 150? In many ways it does, I think. Some, yeah, depends how you look at it, I suppose. Um, I'm Mark Crossley, David Cameron Walken. Uh, David Cameron Walken? <laughs> David Cameron Walker is here. Three and a half years. I'll get rid of that. Three and a half years we've been doing this podcast. Thank you very much to everyone who's listened to us since the very beginning. But also, hello to some uh, brand new listeners who have got an absolute treat coming up later because before the end of the show today, we're going to play you like some of our best ever bits going all the way back to July 2000. And eleven. Now, trust me, it took me a long time to find these best bits. Well, you say best bits. Now, I've listened to these best bits, Mark, and there's a lot of you know there is there are a lot of best bits in there, a lot of good bits, a lot of good bits of you. And there is one <laughs> bit there in particular that doesn't exactly paint me in a favourable light. That infamous interview with John Ward. But you had to put that in there, didn't you? That's the benefit of editing the podcast, Stitch mate. Up. <laughs> Benefit of editing the podcast. Anyway, so that's going to be on the way later. Some of our best ever bits. But first... I'm a follow him. Do you know what this is? I do, yeah. What is it? Well, it's got to be the... We like it. We like it. Thank you very much to everyone who got in touch regarding this, including John Stokes, Andy M and everyone else. This is I Will Follow Him by Peggy March. There it is. And that's the way we like it. We like it. We like it. No, not yet. No. <laughs> you made the mistake this week. So thank you very much to everyone who told us about that. We like it. That from 1963, um, adopted for the terraces by St. Pauli, St. Pauli, whichever I you prefer, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, out in Germany. So that is the song. That is where it comes from. Apparently it's in the film uh, Sister Act. I know nothing about movies. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, a long time ago. It stars yeah. Whoopi Goldberg, and Maggie young Smith. And Lauren Hill. And really? Yeah. And Harvey uh, Keitel as well. So that's where you can Hi- find Hi-V it. Keitel. Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Told you I know nothing about films. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on to other business. Did you know you can sign up for a free mum to see the football polls right now? And if you haven't I already, did. you should have done. You know what? I actually haven't done this yet. Oh, you're an idiot. I have to. I really, I keep forgetting to do it. We are going I'm going to do it this week. I promise I will okay. do it this week. We are and going all up. of you should do too. Absolutely. We are going up.co.uk. Scroll to the bottom and sign up. You get a free month. You get huge cash prizes if you get uh, correctly identified. Eight out of ten results from this weekend's games. And also on the website, you can uh, click on the Paddy Power offer on the homepage. Sign up for a brand new account there. If you bet a five, you get a free 20 quid bet. And the audible offer is still going on. The Paddy Power one, on. though. The Paddy yes. Power one. This is a great week to do it because it's the Cheltenham Horse Racing oh, Festival that's true. this week. One that's of the true. biggest betting weeks of the year. Even if you don't know anything about horse racing, <laughs> Paddy Power will have loads of like enhanced prices, specials, doubles. You know, you can bet on Tony McCoy's last Cheltenham race mm. and the Gold Cup on Friday. It's a great week to, to get involved in someone like Paddy Power. Open check, a free account, get your free bet. Check you out there with your, your horse racing knowledge. Right, coming up on our 150th show, we're going to discuss, amongst other things, uh, the arrival of Tony Mowbray at Coventry, Dave Whelan resigning at Wigan, also the race for the League One playoff spots, which is tight, but it's not as tight as the race to get in the Premier League the almighty scrap is underway that is basically what this week's show is about uh, last season Leicester and to a lesser extent Burnley ran away with it but there is nothing of the sort this year with just 10 games to go the top 8 sides in the Championship are separated by just 8 points with the top 5 separated by just 1 point 1 single point incredible so who's got the momentum who's got the best running and most importantly who has got the bottle to handle the pressure
Russia, 10 games away from glory. Coming up, friend of the show, Mark O'Hare, will join us. Mark is the founder of Wheel of Betting, which is another brilliant betting site if you've never visited it. And he's following, uh, he'll be filling us in, sorry, on what the bookies, bookies are saying. So we'll have a look at that, plus go through the all-important run-ins. But we are going to start this week with a team who failed to grasp their opportunity to go to the top of the table on Saturday when they blew a 2-0 lead in injury time uh, to draw 2 all at home to Birmingham City. That team is Derby County, who are many people's promotion favourites at the start of the season, given how close they came last year in the playoff final. But they are showing signs of a wobble because that's now no wins from their last three games, including two defeats at Fulham and Brighton, uh, two sides who are struggling down at the wrong end of the division. So let's now speak to a man who has covered the Rams for many years. He is Steve Nicholson, the chief football writer at the Derby Telegraph. And I'm very pleased to say that Steve uh, joins us on the line right now. Steve, first of all, thank you very much for coming on the show. We know how tight this promotion race is and how it's going to be uh, fine margins that are going to decide this come the last day of the season. Uh, so with that in mind, Derby must be absolutely kicking themselves uh, to drop two points in that fashion. Yeah, it was uh, it was a real blow, obviously, when, when you're in control of the game, 2-0 up, going into added time. You know, you, you know, we know anything can happen, and we know that added time now could kind of go from anything from two, three minutes to six or seven or eight minutes. Uh, but you still should be able to cope with that. You still should be able to see the game out, do the right things. Derby didn't do the right things in those six minutes or so, and uh, they got punished for it. And and I say at the end, two points dropped. I just hope that isn't. Uh, crucial come the end of the season. Derby conceded two or more goals in eight of the last nine matches in mm. all competitions. I mean, the, the yeah. Derby team have been praised over the last, certainly under the McLaren era, for the football they play, the attractive football they play, good attacking team, but yeah. they need a little bit more concentration on the back line, do you think, on the defensive solidity? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because not so long ago they went, they got uh, recorded seven clean sheets in eight matches, so they obviously can do it. It's just that the recent run, they've been conceding far too many goals. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you're an attacking team, I, I listened to Eddie Howe uh, after the game at Fulham on Friday night when uh, Bournemouth put in a wonderful attacking performance. And he kind of said, well, look, you know, this is our strength, so, so this is what we're going to do. You know, we, we're going to take the game to teams and, and, and uh, we back ourselves. And I think... Steve McLaren's team at Derby over the last 18 months or so has been recognised for being a very attacking team, very purposeful, good tempo of the football, play with two wide attacking players. And, and, and it's kind of won a lot of games, you know, kind of going for it has won a lot of games. The problem with going for it all the time, you, you will leave yourself vulnerable and there will be games when it kind of backfires. So they have proved they can keep clean sheets, but just recently, you know, conceding, as you say, two or more goals in something like seven or so or eight of the last nine games is far too many and they need to tighten up in the final ten games. Do you think injuries really have been have been partly to blame for this recent, I, mean, I say mini wobble, I mean they've had a, mm. you know, conceding a few disappointing results but obviously ultimately it's still joint top but I mean injuries to Darren Bent who's made a good, mm. good impact since coming on loan, obviously Chris Martin, the, the talent's man mm. up front has been injured, I mean and in, in the bigger picture for the whole season although he's come back recently, uh, George Thorne so key yeah. players have been missing it at key times. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point. It is a good point. And I know we, you know, when we talk about injuries and and, and 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 you know, people say, "Oh, you're bleating about injuries and that," but actually, no team in this division could cope with losing two frontline strikers like Chris Martin and Darren Benz. That that's first thing. And if it was Middlesbrough with Patrick Bamford and whoever, they would suffer. If it was Wilson at uh, at Bournemouth, they would suffer. Or Deeney at Watford. Uh, they would suffer as well. Yeah, Dar- Derby have had injuries to key players, and, and the word key there is absolutely essential. And they've missed Chris Martin. Not only his goals, you know, 19 this season, 25 last season, but they've missed him as the focal point. He is the talisman of the team. The way the team plays very much around Chris Martin. Darren Bent came in, goal poacher, slightly different striker, uh, six-yard box man, scored goals. And... I think I'd say you, you've hit the nail on the head there with George Thorne. He's been a huge miss this season. You know, he, he was out for seven months. He came back for a couple of games. He's gone out again. Uh, and also, the other name which we have to mention is John Eustace. Very, you'd very be more than happy to mention player. him as a Watford fan, yeah. wouldn't you? Great man. Yeah, <laughs> very experienced player. Sits in front of the back four, marshals that area, 
knows when to use it, knows when to play, knows when to see out or kill a game, uh, knows when to pick up a booking as well now and again, which is, which is important in that area. I think his miss, along with uh, George Thorne, has been crucial because the holding role in front of the back four, and this is probably why they're conceding goals, the holding role in back four balances the midfield perfectly. And it's a crucial position in Derby's team. Um, you mentioned Patrick Bamford mm. a minute ago there. Does it feel slightly weird that he could be the man that fires <laughs> Middlesbrough to promution at Derby's expense, maybe? Yeah, isn't, isn't this the loan system, though? I'm not a huge fan of the loan system. I fully understand why it's in place. And, and let's be honest, Derby have used it magnificently. Yeah. They used it really well last season. They're using it very well this season as well with Darren Bent and Tom Ince and Jesse Lingard, the likes of. So I understand why it's there, but it does show these oddities, if you like. And Patrick did really well for Derby last season, scored some absolutely crucial goals at key moments. Uh, he kind of lost his, his way a little bit towards the end of the season. He wasn't in the starting lineup. Uh, fully understand why he went out on loan again. I think he wanted to play more, more as a central striker. He was playing more on the right-hand side of Derby, so I can understand him wanting to do that. And he's, he's done great for Middlesbrough. I'm not surprised. You know, the lad can score a goal out of nothing. We, you know, we saw that last season. And as they fans just have to kind of pull up with these strange things when they see players who've maybe played for, for them turn out for somebody else. It's just part of the system. And a player that Derby have got in on loan, as you just mentioned, Tom Ince, a wonderful mm. impact he's made since joining on yeah. loan. And, you know, a player that was expected to go on to big things in the Premier League after his wonderful uh, spell of form yeah. for Blackpool. Doesn't really work, hasn't really worked out for him at Palace, at Hull. But... I don't know whether it's something that we can point as a success for Steve McLaren's coaching or whether the players just, you know, hit a good bit of form and got a bit of confidence back by playing week in, week out. But, you know, something obviously has clicked for Tom Ince that hasn't happened for a while. Yeah, it's true. And again, you know, f- football's about key words, football. And you just, you just mentioned another one there in confidence. When you're a wide attacking player, uh, or a creative player, or an explosive player, and, and, and Tom is very much those things, confidence is crucial confidence to know that that you're an important part of a team and then when you're in the run of games you can go and express yourself this derby team allows players like Tom Inns Jesse Lingard Johnny Russell if you like you know uh, Jamie Ward it allows those players to go and express themselves go forwards do what you do best and I think Tom, I've spoke to him a lot about this since he's been here, actually. And at Hull, he was in the team at the start of the season. And then because one, two results weren't going well, he was left out the side. He went to Forest on loan. It didn't work out. He just wanted, I think, to feel at home again somewhere. And that's an important thing for a footballer, to feel part of a team, an important part of a team. And Tom Ince has no doubt it got got ability there's absolutely no question about that uh, but, but what's been needed I think is a run of games which he's got he's scored six goals in eight games and Steve McLaren really I suppose the ideal coach for him at the moment because Steve wants his wide players to express themselves and, and Tom's certainly done that now, Steve, we're going to do an awful lot of this in the show today, looking at the running um, for, <laughs> for all the teams up there. But if you look yeah. at Derby's next four games, uh, they've, got <laughs> Nor- they've got Norwich away on Saturday, uh, then yeah. they've got Middlesbrough at home on Tuesday next week, then on uh, uh-huh. Friday the 20th they've got Wolves away, yeah. and then on Good Friday they've got Watford at home. Uh, in yeah. their last ten games, they've got five of the teams around them uh, yeah. to play, and it goes without saying that those games are going to be absolutely huge. Yeah, it's it, quite clearly it's, it, it's a kind of big four games. There's no doubt about that. I think what we could sort of look at, and I've done this today actually for a piece I've written for tomorrow, uh, look at the four games that the other have to play as well. They've all got really tough yeah. uh, sequences of matches, Middlesbrough particularly, Bournemouth also. So they're all going to face each other at some stage. But Derby's is a tough run. Uh, the daft thing about this is when you looked at Derby's last three games, they're all against teams in the bottom half of the table. In fact, two of them were in the bottom six, Fulham and Brighton. So actually, we can't read too much into this. No. Because if we read too much into it, Derby should have nine points from the last three games. And they haven't. they got one point. So we're looking at the next four and people are kind of sharp intake of breath. What's going to happen? Can they do this? Well, actually, we don't know because this championship is such... A bizarre league. I think Mick McCarthy again at the weekend called it a bonkers division, and it is. Uh, we don't know. These games might even bring out the best in yeah. Derby, and we haven't seen the best of Derby in the last three matches. What we can say is 
you know, it's a pretty exciting time. And, and, and this is a challenge. And this is what expectation is about. This is where Derby wants to be. There's no point fearing it. There's no point kind of worrying about it. Embrace it. You know, have a go. Norwich will be thinking the same. They'll be thinking, oh, we've got a tough game Saturday. Middlesbrough will think the same. They, their record at uh, Pride Park, now the IPO Stadium, isn't particularly good. So they'll be worried or concerned about that. But it's, it's, that's what you're going to get at the stage of the season. And as you say, it is a, it is a crucial game. And there's no doubt we'll know a lot more about where Derby uh, could finish the season after these four matches. They came so close to being in the Premier League last season, that, that agonising mm-hmm. game against QPR at Wembley. Judging by what we've just talked about and the run-in and and the really you know great reaction that that squad has had this season to the disappointment last season, do you in your heart of heart thinks that this Derby team will do enough to get promoted this season? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, <laughs> Don't cop out on us, Steve. Steve. <laughs> well done, that is a good question. And Steve McLaren, when I ask Steve McLaren good questions like that, he always says the same thing, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, First of all, they've done really well because that was uh, anyone who was there and anyone who watched it will know that was a crushing blow. It was a, it was a cruelest of ways. Daylight robbery, could possibly. Really cruel, you know. Last minute, a game they dominated really, but for most of the time, and 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 it took a lot to get. Oh, we thought it would take a lot to get over that. Actually, they had a meeting on the Monday. And they put it to bed there and then. And and when I caught up with them in pre-season, uh, first of all, out in Austria and you know, other friendlies around the country here, it was quite clear that that had gone. They'd really had put it to the back of their mind. Determination had kicked in. So, first of all, I think we give them credit for that. Uh, can they do it this season? Before the start of the season, I tipped Norwich City and Wigan to finish in the top two. We'll, we'll kind of gloss over the Me second too. choice there. <laughs> You're not the only one. Uh, Exactly. And I thought Derby would be in the playoffs. I changed my mind, which you're allowed to do, a number of months ago about Derby. And I thought, I kind of said, I think they'll finish top two with Norwich. I've got no reason to change my mind. It's going to be very, very close. I mean, we could all predict it now. And I could yeah. say Norwich and Derby. It could be Bournemouth and Middlesbrough. We, we don't know. It could be Watford and, and, and Brentford. Who knows? We, we don't know. But I, I just think Derby... On the day, I think they've got enough. They need to kind of halt this little wobble as such at the moment. But this is the tightest championship race since 2006-07, when at this stage, seven points separated the top six clubs. In 2006-07 was the last year Derby won promotion to the Premier League. So maybe that's an omen as well. (laughs) Maybe. Steve, brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on. Good to talk to you as ever. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, Steve Nicholson, Chief Football Writer at the uh, Derby Telegraph. You can read more from Steve at derbytelegraph.co.uk. And of course, in the paper itself, if you're in the Derby area. Right, we're going to talk about more things at the top after this. Stay there. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Okay, right. To help us out, DC, in looking at. Uh, this mess of a situation at the top of the championship. We've got an old friend of the show uh, who was on right back at the start of the season. Can you remember that far back? Giving, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. giving us uh, his tips for the season ahead. He is the founder of Wheel of Betting, been on the show quite a few times. Uh, Mark O'Hare joins us. Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Does this make your head hurt looking at this uh, championship table? We've all been so tight at the top. What what the book he's saying? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, um, for the last few weeks now, I've, I've been using my own sort of predictor, you know, the BBC predictor, and doing mm. my own. Uh, calculations to see how many points certain teams need to get and to be honest it's unbelievable I, I don't remember a season like this across any of the football league no. seasons um, in, in my time anyway absolutely incredible I mean Norwich the, the 3-1 to one favourites the bookies are suggesting um, win the league but then you've got a team like Watford who are a point ahead of them at 7-1 to one to win the league and you know there's plenty of um, get on that. differences of opinions <laughs> to be honest amongst the top the top six, top seven, um, of course, Wolves are on the fringes and it's probably unlikely for them to make headway for a top two finish. But certainly that top 
four or five, that pack there, and even Brentford, you just can't discount any of these teams. Uh, it's set up to be a, a fascinating last 10 games of the season. Like, I'm can't wait for it to be honest it's going to be fantastic let's start with Bournemouth then because they're the team top of the championship at the minute uh, they're top on goal difference which isn't exactly surprising if you look at the amount of goals they've scored this season the most of any team in the top four divisions of English football uh, the champ was belling out from the Putney end we're AFC Bournemouth we score when we want on Friday night with that 5-1 win against Fulham and DC uh, you know you're in a team that can just score goals at will when you're, even your centre halves are scoring oh. well it's Steve Cook's goal on Friday what a finish that was Matt Ritchie's goal, the fourth goal in the game, was 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 nice enough. But Steve, that was tremendous. I mean, just the way he cut across that ball to hit it into the top corner from the opposite side of the penalty box, superb. And I suppose a sign of a team that are just playing really confidently. I know they've had that recent spell where they've they lost a few games, they dropped points, they've come back into the pack. But those two wins that they've got in the in the last week really, you know, been important for them to show a reaction to that bad spell. And they are a team. Quite a few of the teams up there. I mean, really, I think only the only real team in the in the top six, you know, the genuine automatic promotion contenders that don't play good football a lot is, is Ipswich. Really, and Ipswich fans may may have something to say about that. I'm but, sure they will. But Bournemouth, you know, have been notable for the for their the style of play this season that they play. They've got a lot of creative attacking players. You know, they spread the goals around really well, as they did the other night against Fulham uh, and now it's a fantastic goal a fantastic performance We've got four plays in double figures yeah. this season which is amazing and it should be pointed out we're going to look at the top eight teams here in this sort of section we think Forrest are a little bit too far away for the minute although that might change um, is that Bournemouth are the only side out of these eight teams never previously to have been in the Premier League yeah. and if you look at their run-in um, Mark, we're basically we're sort of measuring how many games these teams have got to play against each other in the final 10. And Bournemouth have only actually got two, which is Middlesbrough at home on the 21st of March and Ipswich away on Good Friday. So if you look at it from that point of view, they've only got to play two of the teams at the top and they've got six games against teams in the bottom half. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I looked at Bournemouth and it's interestingly, their, their record against the top half, they've won six of 18, whereas against the bottom half, they've won 13 of 18, uh, which suggests they do carve up when it comes up against the, the lesser side of the division. Eight of their running games come against teams in 10th and below. Interestingly as well, if you take the results against those 10 teams that they're due to play uh, from the first half of the season, as well as Derby, Watford, Middlesbrough, Norwich, and you know, you've replicated it across, across the board, uh, Bournemouth will win the league by seven points if they follow those results wow. from the first half of the season. They're 25 shots at Fulham. You know, they got quite a lot of flack in, in recent weeks when they weren't turning those uh, performances into results, but they were still playing teams off the park, you know, bossing the ball, having loads and loads of shots, carving out plenty of chances. I certainly wouldn't want to be opposing Bournemouth, to be honest. Um, they're 13-4 to four to win the league, 4-6 to six for promotion, and I think that's about right. I mean, I looked at the, the 10 games, I've, I've noted down 24 points as kind of what they could be picking up from those 10 games and, and that would be enough for 90 points which should be enough for promotion the thing is when you look at these run-ins it's so easy to say for Bournemouth for example they've got Sheffield Wednesday uh, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday Bolton, Charlton are their last four games and it'd be un- you know, it's going to be very unlikely that any of those teams are going to have anything to play for in the last few weeks of the season they're all mid-table mid-table sides without any worries of relegation no chance of getting into the playoffs really and it's easy to look at that and think well Bournemouth should win those games but all, all <laughs> I can this say when, when, when you say that I just it just takes me back to two years ago when I was in Las Vegas <laughs> and up at 5am in the morning over there we were Watford were playing Leeds you know had nothing to play for average team under Brian McDermott we should have won that game well, it's only Leeds we'll, be, we'll win that game we'll go up what do we do we lost 2-1 on the day inexplicably so you can't look at those games as you know and just say just write them off as easy winnable games because it just you know we've seen it just so many times over the years stupid things happen on the last day of the season the teams that need to get something they have pressure um we've obviously covered derby already so let's get down to the team who are in third at the minute and that is your team mm. uh, Watford uh, I'm t- sure Mark's going to have something to say about our record <laughs> against the top teams <laughs> <laughs> two all draw against uh, Wolves away on Saturday a couple of stories from this the Fernando Forestieri uh, dive or you know failing injury at the end mm. which is just embarrassing um, and obviously the, the much more serious story about the, the sad story about the Watford fan who got attacked 
after the game. Well, let's let's talk about that at the end okay. of the show. Yeah, as uh, not, let's not bring the mood down right okay. now. We will we will talk about that later on because it's okay. a serious thing to talk about. But just looking at our, our situation on the pitch, as I mentioned there, we we have had a really bad time of it against the other teams in the top eight this season. The only one that we've beat, beaten at any point this season is Brentford, who we've beaten twice, but all the others we've not beaten. Mark Watford, what do you reckon? Looking at the running and the stats. I like them. Um, Dave mentioned the, the poor record against the top half, five wins from 17, but you know, you look at the flip side, it's 15 wins from 19 against the bottom half, which is, is the best record in the league. Um, eight wins and a draw from the last 11 league games. You know, you've got the strike force there of Vidra, Igalo and Dini, who uh, Vidra started scoring now recently again, but Igalo and Dini are always going to grab you goals. They, they look like the team who can uh, outscore opponents especially you know you, you, we talk about Bournemouth who's got so much attacking potential but Watford are in that category as well yeah. four games come up against teams in 18th or lower as well Derby and Middlesbrough are the, are the top six to play and you know you could arguably say that those two are, are probably the best two of the top six to be playing um, on, on current form they're seven to one to win the league and I just can't ignore that to be honest I mean it really interests me uh, that they're on decent form they're scoring goals uh, they've got a good run in as well um, you know, the, the level on points of Bournemouth and Derby and Middlesbrough at the top of the table, yeah, they're 7-1 to one to win the league. It makes no sense at all to me. 11-8 um, to eight for promotion if you prefer a safer play, but I certainly think they've got more than enough potential to, to finish in the top two. If I wasn't so scared of jinxing it, I, I would <laughs> lump on. You're right there. I mean, the thing that gives me, gives me hope at this stage of the season, and I'm, I will say I'm more confident now of going, it's easy to say this in hindsight, but I'm more confident now than I was back in 2013 under under Zola because as good as we were under Zola if you look back at that end of that season everyone just remembers the Dini goal against Leicester and there was an incredible moment but it masked really what was a failure for that team who were capable of playing brilliant football but just fluffed their lines time after time after time in the, in that run in there was loads of games where we conceded late goals and we dropped points and then we you know the Leeds debacle and then you know the failure to turn up against Palace this team is completely different to that one, even though a lot of the players still remain. You've got a manager in Slavisa Jokanovic who came in in you know controversial circumstances, and there were a lot of question marks being being raised over his appointment and and how he came in. And he had a bit of a dodgy start. We had four defeats in a row before we beat Fulham five nil. But right, he's got to grips with it now. He's a he's a really good tactician. The the lineup often changes in terms of the personnel and the formation from week to week which sometimes people will say well why is he doing that he can change a game which is what Zola couldn't do he can change a game at half time look at the game against Blackpool he made a tactical substitution there and we went on and scored seven goals in the second half <laughs> like he's really Forgot good at changing that. the game and we've got a really deep squad and when it comes to those games we play Ipswich, Derby and Middlesbrough within, within pretty much a week of each other you know games big games in quick succession I just feel that that combined with the nous of Jokanovic and our attacking prowess is what gives me confidence that we will get through this running and can go up. Famous last words. Uh, in fourth place at the minute in Middlesbrough. Um, and if you look at their last five games, they've actually lost three of them. 1-0 at home to Leeds, 2-0 away at Sheffield Wednesday and 2-1 away at Nottingham Forest despite taking the lead on Saturday. And looking at their running, they've got six of the teams, um, the other teams in the top seven or eight to play. Uh, including the next three Ipswich at home on Saturday Derby away next Tuesday and then Bournemouth at home now Middlesbrough Mark uh, maybe not one of the favourites perhaps I don't know to go up this season they've done amazingly well so far can they continue that until the end of the season though with this difficult fixture list um, I think it's certainly up for question um, I've not really grown to love Middlesbrough like some other punters and then football fans have I mean there's certainly a Spanish style which Ita Karanka is putting across they're dominating the ball they're, they've got the best defence in the league by a mile but I do worry that their finishing ability is going to be called into question here. I think we all probably remember the, the game against Leeds, which you mentioned, where they dominated the game, had loads and loads of opportunities, lost 1-0. Well, it was a similar story at the weekend of Forest. I think they had 26 shots. 22 of those were off target at Forest. So wayward finishing again to blame. And they only won six games against the top half. Uh, they're still to play the top four away from home. Uh, three of those are successive away games as well. I haven't actually won away from home in the last four. And if you look at the, the top eight, no club's collected fewer points over the last six games. It just seems to be falling a little bit apart at the wrong time. And I'm just a little bit concerned that the strikers that they've got aren't yeah. producing the goods when it matters most. Well, when we spoke to Steve earlier about Derby, he's, you know, we talked about Patrick Bamford and 
though he's playing in a more central position for Derby this uh, for Middlesbrough this season than he was for Derby last season. He he did fade towards the end of last season. He's still a young player, still learning his trade. He's played a lot of football in the last in the last two seasons as a young player in the, in the you know the grueling league that is the Championship. And I wonder whether whether or not you know if we see a repeat of him fading like he did last season, that could be crucial for, for Middlesbrough. You don't look at that team and think they've got. The enough firepower necessarily when you compare them to Watford or when you compare them to, to Bournemouth or, or to Norwich or even to Derby if all they have all their players fit so I think you're right to point that out and up front is, is where I would be concerned OK in fifth place uh, just for Middlesbrough are Norwich seven wins from their last eight games probably the form, one of the, the form teams in the Football League mm. uh, at the minute uh, they bounced back from that shock uh, home defeat to Wigan last week by winning 4-1 um, at the den against Millwall on Saturday could have been a lot more as well Millwall are pathetic <laughs> that, Alan Duntack I'm yeah. sure we probably maybe mention that when we talk a bit about Millwall and the relegation picture but shocking anyway uh, Norwich uh, seven wins from the last eight games uh, looking at their last ten games they've got Derby at home on Saturday and they're playing Middlesbrough at home on the 17th of April but bar that there isn't anyone sort of around that top end which presumably Mark is why you quite like the look of them at the minute uh, well, I like Norwich. I think the bookmakers like them as well. Three to one favourites. Um, as you say, that the run-in does look achievable. Um, you know, at the start of the season, they were they were eleven to one. They were well behind the likes of Derby, Cardiff, Fulham, who'd come down. You know, Norwich were, were the outsiders of the front runners, uh, so to speak. But from the very start, I, I looked at that squad. And it was really championship battle-hardened. Plenty of sort of championship players who could definitely pull that team out of that, this division. And you look at their midfield who played at the weekend: Graham Dorans. With Houlihan, Johnny House, and Bradley Johnson, they're, they're four quality midfielders for this league. Um, they've got the they've got the fixture list on their side, of course. Derby at home this weekend. If they beat them, um, Middlesbrough at home, they should or they could easily pick up three points there. But there are a few banana skins in that run in as well. Brighton away, Bolton away, Leeds away, Rotherham away. They're all difficult games to come across. Uh, Lewis Graben's out for a few weeks as well. There's talk that Jordan Rhodes might be signed as well, um, which is uh, you know unthinkable really. But well, on, on the loan is there. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah. I think Derby are in for him as well. The two teams have been mentioned as, as potential signings. So the belief and optimism is there. And I think since Alex Neal came in, he's quite an impressive guy and the crowd yeah, are is. back on side. And Neil came out of the weekend and said he'd be really disappointed if they weren't finishing in the top two, which just shows the confidence and the sort of bullish nature of Neil. And, and I think the whole feel around the club has changed. Um, Norwich will go close for sure. Um, whether they've got enough to win the league um, from that fixture list, because I do think there are banana skins in there, uh, I'm not sure. I'd prefer to put my money elsewhere. I am I'm sort of glad to see the recent resurgence of Norwich City since they appointed Alex Neil because I went big on them like you Mark I went big on them at the start of the season in our preview in our preview podcast and you know, I looked at that squad and thought just you know how can a squad packed with that much quality for this league and experience you know not be up there challenging for automatic promotion and it started okay but then it just went nowhere under under Neil Adams and I think what what uh, we were all surprised by the appointment of Alex mm-hmm. Neil, weren't we? Um, wasn't a name that we mentioned when we took, looked no, for all the candidates, but what, he looks to be an inspired appointment. Feels- he's a really impressive guy. When you hear him speak and everything, he's he's got a really positive manner about him. He's got a real confidence and a, you know really assured in his own ability, considering the the relative shortness of his managerial career so far. He really seems confident. He seems like he knows what he wants to do, and you know they are motoring on. And the injury to Graben, I think, is something that could be significant. But then you know they have got Jerome and Hooper, who's come back and has started to score the odd goal now as well. And then if they did get Rhodes, who, who hasn't actually mm-hmm. been as good as he has been this season been on the bench a lot, yeah but still that'd be another signing that could help them edge over the feels, over the line feels a little bit like you know when they appointed Paul Lambert um, yeah, an up and coming yeah, yeah, young yeah. manager and then obviously they had two promotions in two years it does feel like that fresh young manager new ideas it's kind of uh, regenerated the whole club I suppose um, okay down to uh, sixth position at the minute this is a team who've surprised a lot of people this year uh, that's Brentford and uh, Mark Warburton is leaving, of course, at the end of the season, uh, which we've discussed in uh, previous shows. Uh, only one of their final 10 matches is against a team in the top eight at the moment. That's Derby away on Friday, April the 10th. So looking at that, you would say they've got one of the more favourable uh, run-ins, but they've been a bit up and down uh, recently. Mark, what do you make of Brentford's chances of, uh, of getting promoted? I certainly think they're better than a 50-1 to one on offer for Brentford to win the league. Um, I think it's a little bit disrespectful, if anything, for the Bees. They started the season with 50-1 to one shots to win the league. They're still 50-1 to one now. 6-1 uh, to, to win promotion. 
they're only four points off Bournemouth, who are top of the table. And I think they've been let down by their, their form against the top half teams. They've only won six of their 18 games. But as you say, they've only got one game left against the top eight. So that's on their side. Against the bottom half, they've won 13 matches already, which is the third best record in the league. And I look at their midfield and they've got so much quality. They're such a hard-working, neat, uh, attacking, uh, effective team Mark Walberton's got there. And uh, I think Derby's the only game of those fixtures left which Brentford will start as outsiders. Um, so, you know, if, if you go by the odds, Brentford should be up there. Um, I've got them picking up between 23 and 25 points, if that's, if that's to be right. And if that's enough, then they could easily finish in the top two. Um, 50 to 1 is a ridiculous price, but you've got to question what is happening behind the scenes at Brentford. Um, I know the recent podcast you guys did was was very positive um, with all the goings on there, but I think there's enough doubt to probably uh, suggest they won't finish in the top two and there's, there's other stronger squads around who are starting to hit form. You know, as we talked about Norwich, we talked about Watford, um, Bournemouth. Um, I think Brentford might be squeezed out, but they'll definitely be in the top six, in my opinion. Um, they drew one all at Ipswich on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if you saw Daryl Murphy's open goal oh. miss. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, obviously, he's having a great season. Ipswich are down in seven for the minute, just outside of the playoffs. Uh, their last 10 games, Middlesbrough away, Bolton at home, Watford away, Bournemouth at home, Huddersfield away, Blackpool at home, Cardiff at home, Wolves away, Forest at home, Blackburn away. So four of the top uh, eight to play, six of those games against teams in the top half. They have been a, a team, obviously we talked about them a lot on the show this season, well documented, they haven't spent a lot of money in terms of uh, transfer fees for that squad, exceeded expectations. They have been in the top two until quite recently, Mark. They've sort of had a, a mixed few weeks. Do you see enough in them to sort of get them back in that top six and maybe towards the top two between now and the end of the season? What are the bookies saying? Uh, the bookies made them 66 to 1 to win the league now. Um, they're five points adrift of the, of the top teams, uh, 8 to 1 for promotion, and you just feel that. The two things. Firstly, their away form, six wins away, isn't good enough for, for a team to finish in the top two, really. Uh, and their form in 2015 as well has been pretty poor. I think they've lost six games now in this calendar year. Uh, they're normally obviously so well organised and defensively strong. They've now got eight games without a clean sheet as well. The Daryl Murphy goals are, are starting to... Um, well, he's, he's not scoring again recently. He missed the penalty last midweek. He mentioned the miss as well. And that small squad's really being stretched by injuries and unavailability. The, the record against the top half isn't fantastic either. Just seven wins in, in 16. And you know, I mentioned the away form. They've still got to go to Middlesbrough. Watford and, and Wolves as well. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to pick up enough points to, to close that gap. Um, I just think their fixture list is a little bit too difficult, um, and I don't think Mick McCarthy's got the tools there to to see them out and to see them into the top two. It is interesting to look at Ipswich's squad and compare it to some of the other other teams, like we were saying. You know, the, the signings that Watford have been able to make recently, the loan signings that Derby have been able to make, and it shows you both what a brilliant job Mick McCarthy's done and also why they might ultimately just fall short like the midfield for example you know you've got Cole Scoose Jay Tab you know, Richard Chaplow you know players that you know are hard working players and Chaplow's had some good moments in his career but are they consistently top level performers players that can get you up into the into the Premier League compared to some of those other players we've mentioned I, I'm not so sure you know signing Freddie Sears you know, who's a player that really dropped right off the radar and he's done well to get back up to the championship. But is he that player that can, you know, get you those goals and could, if they go up, could perform in the Premier League? I'm not quite, I'm not sure he's quite there. I think, he, you know, decent championship players, but they're not top bracket. You know, these players are, are the players that they have to go for. I'm sure McCarthy would like to bring in the, the better players, but the budget there, is he getting enough money to invest in these players and pay the wages? I don't think he is. And I think that's ultimately, you know, looking at the, the wage bill of, of clubs, is, is always often a, an indication ultimately of whether or not they'll get have sustained success you know the clubs that pay the best money over 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 long periods of times are the ones that generally are the most successful and I don't think the wages at Ipswich would you know would would be very high and I think that's you know ultimately you'll see them missing out but 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 it just does highlight what, a, what an amazing job McCarthy's done to get that limited squad to where they are um, if you look just below them the team in eighth place in the minute are uh, Wolves, they were involved in that two old draws we've already mentioned against Watford at the weekend. Uh, they play three of the teams around them between now and the end of the season. They've got Derby at home uh, on March the 20th. Then in April, they play Middlesbrough away and also Ipswich at home. At the minute, they're on 60. 
uh, oh, sorry, on 58 points. So there's a four-point gap to the playoffs and there is an eight-point gap to the top two. So that's quite a considerable gap at this stage. Mark, do you, do you still think that uh, Wolves can uh, make it into that top six, though, looking at the games they've got left? I wouldn't rule them out. Um, I think if we, let's say, we take Ipswich out of the equation and they've only got one more place to, to climb. Um, we've mentioned, you know, the likes of Middlesbrough and Derby having a little bit of a wobble. Um, Wolves have a, a fairly kind run-in, um, but you look at, again, there's still banana skins there. I think Brighton away is going to be tough. Sheffield Wednesday at home is always going to be tough the way they play. Birmingham, they're finishing quite strong as well under Gary Rowett, despite not having much to play for. Leeds are a banana skin. Forrester in form. Wigan and Millwall, you know, they could still be fighting for, for their survival as well. So there's plenty there. And, you know, they're certainly not going to win the league. You know, making up eight points on one team is, is hard enough. But on four teams and another team with seven points ahead of them as well, you know, they've got to look in the region of getting about 22 points from that final 30 to have any sort of chance, I think, um, to finish in, in the top six. And I, I looked at Wolves as well because I, I find it quite interesting to see, you know, average uh, shots on target for each team in, in, the, in the league. So it gives you quite a good indication of where the bookmakers are, are going to put their money. And, and you know, Wolves are 15th in that table, which suggests they're not getting enough goal-scoring opportunities. They're conceding a few goals as well. Sacco's red card, you'd assume, will be overturned from the weekend. Uh, but then Banikafobi's made a massive impact since his signing. So there are positives to Wolves, but I just feel they've left it a little bit too late. They had a bit of a patchy spell uh, around sort of Christmas and before and after Christmas. And I think... I just think it's going to be too hard for Wolves to, to claw in that, that four-point gap from the teams above them. They certainly gave us a real test on Saturday at Molyneux and, and they beat us at Vicarage Road on Boxing Day and I was there and we were absolutely terrible. They did a real number on us that day and you know, may, maybe they will just fall short and, and they can be slightly disappointed in, in some respects. In our other seasons, perhaps they would have been able to finish a bit higher up and get in the playoffs because, you know, it's, it's been so tight at the top this season. There's, so, there's obviously so there's a cluster of so many good teams at the top of the division that Wolves have just fallen short. But that signing of, of Benica Fobe for £2 million, you know, from Arsenal, even though he's you know barely ever played for Arsenal, he's a player that's really improved over the last, over the seven, last few seven years. Seven goals in his last 11 games. Made a great impact impact and he, he seems to be very happy there you know you, you see him he looks like he's really settled into the club really well lots of stuff on tw- on Twitter and Instagram about how much he's enjoying it there and how much he's kind of really gotten uh, you know just thrown himself into being part of the club and part of the team uh, at Wolverhampton Wanderers and I certainly think that Wolves are a team that if I mean, look, they could easily finish in the playoffs and they could easily be a Premier League team next season but if they don't do it this season contrasting them with Derby or someone like that who who it might all go pear-shaped for in the summer if they don't go up I would say that Wolves you've got to look at them next season I think most of that squad will still be there maybe Sacco might leave or someone but I mean he's stuck by them in League One you know that most of that team should still be there next season Kenny Jackett's an excellent manager they've got a decent budget there good crowd good stadium you know I'd be looking at them for automatic promotion contenders next season for sure Before we uh, move on we should mention we did uh, hint at it a few minutes ago the pretty shocking incident which happened yeah. after the game at Molyneux at the weekend with the uh, Wapter fan uh, Nick Kreis, um I think his name is apologies if I've mispronounced the surname who's in a serious uh, uh, condition uh, life-threatening condition in hospital as we record this there is a GoFundMe uh, sort of um, appeal that's been set up uh, by I think it's some Wolves fans actually some of yeah, the Wolves, Wolves fans, fans set it up, uh, yeah. which has had a huge response so far so if you'd like to donate to that please uh, go find it I'm sure you can find the details on Twitter I'm going to get um, it for you now okay right now. you, on, you, go, you go and do it um, but yeah really really sad scenes and hopefully fingers crossed he will make a full recovery I think the URL is going to be quite a complicated one should we stick it in the, the we'll the, tweet it yeah, yeah we'll, 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 tweet we'll it, stick yeah. it on Twitter so that's where you can find it right in just a second we're going to talk about um, briefly about League 1 and League 2 Mark are you going to stay with us yeah, yeah, Why can. the hell not? Um, so we'll do that after this little Prostate Cancer UK message. It's time to do something great together. Join Men United and help beat prostate cancer. Search Men United now. Okay, so before we uh, move on to League One, actually, we should mention the picture down at the well. A couple of things: Forest flying again, another great win for them. Mm. Great to hear John Helm on the Football League show the weekend. Yes, um, that's put me back uh, down at the bottom. Millwall, uh, shocking. Uh, Wigan. Another bad defeat at home to Leeds by a goal to nil. You see the uh, Leeds fan and his dog pictured in the crowd. That was a bit odd, celebrating the goal. Um, and Blackpool, who were pretty much gone. But Lee Clark is uh, 
apparently going to be there next season. He's going to be uh, in charge of rebuilding the whole thing. Good and, luck. Uh, yeah, and Dave Whelan has bowed out after, two, after 20 years, around about 20 years as chairman yeah. of Wigan. Obviously a mixed season this season, mm. uh, but obviously a big legacy. A uh, huge legacy. Does, does the name of the stadium change though? That's what I want to know. Is it the DW Stadium anymore or does right. that, that, that yeah, move on? But a, I mean, a massive legacy and he's, he's done wonders for that club. Obviously FA Cup win, sustained Premier League football over a number of years. And if they go down, it'll be, be a real remarkable fall from grace. But you've got to question the wisdom of him handing over the reins to his 23-year-old grandson. You know, maybe he'll do a great job. But to, 23, you know, to be in charge of an outfit such as Wigan, you know, a club recently in the Premier League. I mean, it's it's a huge job. It's a huge would you, task. Would you I, have been fit at the age of maybe, 23 to run a football absolutely club? Absolutely not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll just be a figurehead sort of thing and your chief executive there, I'm sure, will be, you know, take care of the nuts and bolts of the job. Uh, maybe it's a good thing to keep the connection with the Whelan family and, you know, that's what he wants to do. But it does seem does seem a bit strange, you know, that Malky Mackay will be answering to a, you know, in theory at least, to a 23-year-old who previously ran the, a, a sort of upmarket fish and chip restaurant uh, opposite the opposite the stadium, I think, up there, which, which, good which as the, it closed down. Was it good I think as it lost a million pounds and had to be shut down. Was it as good as the Chippy in Peterborough? No. <laughs> well, I'd never went, but okay. I don't I can't, How could it be? Um, league One, uh, Bristol City, 10 points clear at the top of the league with a 2 1 win at Crawley at the weekend. Uh, what season they're having? Um, I'm not actually here next week, so the next show is going to be two weeks away, which means the JPT final will be played before the next show. They take on Walsall a week on Sunday, which should be a great uh, day for all involved. Um, playoff picture, Swindon. Uh, back to winning ways of the weekend MK Dons lost at home to Preston who are now into second place with a game in hand Uh, they're two points ahead of Swindon with a game in hand and going well Sheffield United have had to avoid those playoffs Preston (laughs) stay where you are Sheffield United have had a shocking week they were 1-0 up against Peterborough on Tuesday with five minutes to go they lost 2-1 and they lost at home to Fleawood on Saturday and it's Doncaster Barnsley Peterborough themselves three wins in a row Mm. in the last three games since we did the live show Uh, Chesterfield Bradford and Port Vale uh, below them you look Um, at the thing is we you look how close the championship, the top of the championship is as well. But that means the in League One, the top, you know, the top spot is 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 done and dusted really. But it's the it's that last playoff spot really, or the last two playoff spots that are fascinating. You know, Sheffield United fifty three, but then Doncaster in sixth, fifty points. Barnsley in seventh, fifty points. Peterborough in eighth, fifty points. Chesterfield in ninth, forty eight points. Bradford in tenth, forty eight points. Port Vale in eleventh, forty eight points. Fleetwood in 12, 48 points. I mean, and that's where your league table stops on this on this screen yeah. here, Mark. But I don't know who's 13th. They got 48 points as well. Uh, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? Hang on. No, I, got, I think Gillingham are 13th, are they? Uh, no, Roch- Rochdale, sorry. Yeah, I forget about them. Uh, they've got 47 points. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. Where, that's why I drew the line there. Um, Mark, just uh, before we uh, look at the bottom, a quick thought on that from a bookie's perspective. Uh, Preston in second now, would you think that they'll be the team to get the second spot? Or how do you see it? Yeah, you've got to think so. I mean, they're two points clear of third of the game in hand they've won six of the last seven you know, like, like Bristol City they've arguably got the best squad in the, in the league as well and they just seem to be pacing their, their challenge quite right and you, know, you look at the promotion picture I think you know, Sheffield United are wobbling a bit conceding a few goals as well and not keeping really clean sheets recently and, and starting games very very slowly but that top five should in theory be the top five at the end of the season which opens up that final uh, playoff place you know Dave Robertson has just seen three wins in a row now at Peterborough. They look like they're up for the battle again. Doncaster, you know, they're, they're playing quite well, but they seem to be slipping up now and again as well. You know, Barnsley, look at Barnsley coming up. They've won five on the spin now. It's the best run of form for 10 years. Their home form's outstanding. Lee Johnson, he's come in and he's, he's, he's not really changed too much, but I think there's that new space. The fans are back on side again and the, the level on points of Doncaster in the seventh place. They're 28 to 1 to win promotion, 7 to 1 to finish in the top six. Massive prices for a team at the start of the season who you'd consider promotion contenders, uh, but just because of the way the season's gone, people have kind of ignored Barnsley and, and sort of they've gone about their business quite quietly in the last couple of weeks, despite the management change, um, and they seem to be steaming up there. Um, some breaking news. Would you like some breaking news? Um, yeah. On we are going up. You mentioned uh, breaking news now. <laughs> well, yeah. By the time this is out. Good point. <laughs> yeah, this is old news to you listening. It's breaking news as we record right now. Um, you listed uh, DC Bradford on that list of teams just below the playoffs. Yeah. There. 
yeah. uh, in eleventh spot. The reason, if you're wondering why we haven't talked about uh, Bradford Reading so far, is because oh, well, you know why. Don't want to. Um, uh, but, I want to erase it from my memory. Brad- Bradford uh, or Reading have got Arsenal in the semi-finals of the FA Cup, which is going to be extremely, extremely difficult. You would think. Uh, well yep. done to Blackburn as well. We should throw this in a little mention. They get a mm. replay. They if they beat Liverpool in the replay, they'll be playing Aston Villa in the semi-final. Uh, down at the bottom, uh, Stephen Presley uh, was, uh, sorry was sacked as commentary manager. Tony Mowbray is back in the game. Opportunity for you to do an impression. I know you're not going to. Um, I think he's only there till the end of the season. That's <laughs> terrible. That's really that's worse than it usually is. Uh, he's only the man t- with the smallest mouth in the football league is back. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> he's only there till the end of the season at the minute. They're just outside the uh, the relegation zone. It's Orient, Colchester, Crawley, and Yeovil uh, in the bottom four. Yeovil did win at the weekend with a last minute James Hay to win it against Oldham, uh, but the others down there all lost. We're going to gloss over that and move down into League Two, uh, where it's Burton Albion top of the pile on. Six 67, then comes Shrewsbury on 65 and Wickham on 64. Then there's a five-point gap to the teams in the playoffs who are currently Southend, Luton, Bury and Plymouth uh, with Stevenage and Newport just outside of the playoff Big spots. late goal for Burton Albion on Saturday, big, wasn't big it? Big late goal. Right at the day. Uh, Florin Cavelli, I think it was, who scored that. And Luton as well, lost 3-2 at home to Morecambe, mm. which was a shock result. They've lost twice this week. That was their first home defeat since September. I had money on Luton. Uh, we That's had, why they did it. <laughs> we had a really bad day on Saturday, losing at home to Oxford, which ended our four-game winning run. Um, Stevenage unbeaten in their last six, coming up uh, hot on the heels of the teams below them. Mark... Quick thought on the top of League Two, maybe. I mean, the top three teams have been the top three teams pretty much for a large part of this season with uh, with a little cushion between third and fourth. Do you expect it to be those three to get promoted? I expect Burn and Shrewsbury definitely to be, to be in the top three. Wickham are starting to worry me a little bit. Three wins in ten now for Gareth Ainsworth's team. And they were under the cosh for large periods at Southend on Saturday as well. I think Southend dominated that game, but poor finishing and, and sloppy defending was to blame for Phil Brown. They were wearing their uh, shocking the kit game. again as well, Wickham. They're, um, uh, what do you call <laughs> They're, uh, what's the drink? You know, the really colourful, uh, what, what's the cocktail called? Tequila Sunrise. That's it, Tequila Sunrise kit. Oh, it looks like Barcelona, <laughs> apparently. Um, but yeah, that was. Was they conceded a late equal? No, they scored a late equaliser, didn't they, on mm. Saturday late on? So that was a, a crucial point with teams below them just uh, dropping points on Saturday. Yeah, and your your boys buried. They cost me a lot of money the weekend. But yeah, sorry, mate. Winning that weekend with six wins from nine, and I really fancied them against Oxford. And you know, David Slipcroft fuming with the referee after the game, but they're back at twenty five to one to win the title now. It looks like a, a playoff challenge or a, probably a third place finish mm-hmm. for Bury. Luton, you mentioned they're well out of form, three wins and ten now. Just the first home loss since September of the weekend. Uh, Plymouth got a big win against the Cobblers in Northampton. Stevens are really interesting though. Third best home form in the in the league. Uh, Supposedly having an injury crisis recently, but four wins from an unbeaten spell of six games. You know, set pieces seem to be the way forward for Graham Wesley at the moment. That's where most of their goals are coming from. They're pretty dull. They're pretty boring. They'll, they'll grind teams down. But you know, they're only what they're level on points of Plymouth outside the playoffs, and you know. Uh, they can't really rule the Wesley team out, to be honest. They're 11 to 8 to finish in the top seven and 10 to 1 to get promotion. And I don't think any side would enjoy playing Stevenage over two legs in the playoffs. God, no. We do, we do not want that at all. Um, down at the bottom, uh, Tranmere lost at home uh, to Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday. They're back into the relegation zone. Uh, Carlisle and York also lost, and Hartlepool lost, and Cheltenham drew with Mansfield. At the minute, well, it's, it's, it's one from quite a few for that second spot. Hartlepool still away off safety. Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show. We no appreciate problem. it. Thank you very much. Uh, do you want to give a quick plug for the website and uh, for everyone who wants to go and have a look at We Love Betting? Yeah, sure. It's uh, welovebetting.co.uk. We've got uh, football previews on everything from the Premier League down to non-league, uh, European football too. So there's plenty on there to to help you make your mind up coming to the weekend. But uh, don't follow my tips as I've been in awful form <laughs> recently. So. Brilliant. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Mark. That's Mark O'Hare from We Love Betting. We're now going to play you some of the best bits of We Are Going Up, starting back in July 2011, if you can stretch your mind back that far, DC. July 2011. Who was Watford manager back then? I'm trying to think. Sean Dyche. I'll fade you out. Sean Dyche. Great man. Um, okay, here we go then. Some of our best bits from the past 150 shows. 
Right, we're on. Thank you very much for downloading. We are going up and welcome to your season ticket to the Football League. This is Mark Crossley in London. Jonathan Wilson, who I'm sure most of you will probably be aware of, has written a new book on Clough called Nobody Ever Says Thank You. And I'm delighted to say that he joins us on the show now. Jonathan, thank you very much for speaking to us. Um, Thanks for having me. We're going to begin with what has been described as the biggest overhaul of youth regulation in over a decade. The EPPP was voted in by the 72 Football League clubs. I think it's a classic example of the way that the, the, the Premier League run at the moment. John Ashdown, sports writer at The Guardian, is a big Sheffield United fan. Just how nervous are you about next Saturday? <laughs> Incredibly nervous. And he's done it. We have got a winner. Lee, you have won the Alan Johnston Paint Trophy. I'm thrilled. Doncaster Rovers. <laughs> Sound it. <laughs> Dom, hello. hello. Have you recovered yet? No, and, and hearing that again has, has nearly set me off. I feel like I've just watched some emotional episode of EastEnders. <laughs> oh, I don't believe this! There's a chance for a woman! Oh, they've scored! I do not believe what I've seen! Come on! Come on! Incredible. This is Johnny Phillips, by the way, on uh, Soccer Saturday on the Soccer Special. Johnny Phillips. And Watford are going to go! It's the Championship uh, Final! I do not believe what I've just seen here, Jack! On our predictions this week, I've predicted Berry to go up, Jim has predicted Leicester to go up, and Dave has predicted Watford to go up. If that doesn't tell you a <laughs> that lot... That is blinding optimism at its best, isn't it? It's all about this stage of the season. Come on. So that's Wilcox. Ridiculous bit when he walked out of the tunnel. It was like X Factor. <laughs> betting on Carlton Matlock has been suspended due to unusual betting patterns of what one bet. I could honestly make a case for us not getting back out of the bottom two all season, and it really pains me to say that. He's a clown. You can't let this man become a Premier League manager again. Again. <laughs> Have you ever known a finish since Jimmy Glass like that at Griffin Park? Absolutely not. And it goes. Oh, and there's a flare on the pitch. There's flare a flare on the pitch. pitch. One, one job. job. You, you only had one job. So uh, earlier today, me and DC spoke to the Bristol Rovers manager, John Ward. Could, could you perhaps see one day him taking over, maybe in, in a few years down the line, if you continue to have sex? And, uh, <laughs> 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 no, we can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> Music, new season, fresh start. Welcome to We Are Going Up. First, let's speak to the former Bradford Wolves, Barnsley and Doncaster striker Don Goodman. Mark Warburton, the manager of Brentford, joins us now. Mark, many congratulations. Many thanks indeed. Oh, chance, it's a goal! It's a goal! In the middle of your rant about food. Summer Burgers, there's been a goal. The Football Supporters Federation Awards. <laughs> of course. 20, way this was going. 2013. <laughs> the nominees have been announced. And we're on the list. My in-law's a big Liverpool fan, so I thought I can't not go and have a picture with Louis Suarez. Thoroughly nice man, though. And I believe you asked him if he was interested in the move to Vicarage Road. He didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, you've got some news to share with everyone. Yeah, as of August, I'm going to be relocating away from London. I uh, thought you could get married or something. Native, <laughs> no, back to my native Leicester. Um, so Jim is uh, so is yeah. leaving us. He's uh, he's moving back to Leicester in the summer, which means we're Premier gonna... League one promotion and you and you dessert. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, we're very pleased to say joining us on We Are Going Up is Dominic Matteo. He's on the line now. Dom, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Pleasure, boys. Former Derby manager, former Ipswich Town manager, former Crystal Palace manager, former Southampton manager, former Hearts, former Scotland manager. It's George Burley. It's been difficult for the fans, but they've stuck behind the club. Right now, DC, it's time to hear from uh, a man who champions the posh, uh, talk sports very own Adrian Durham. I don't think you can look further than Sheffield United to go up through the playoffs, if not automatically. As long so. as they can finish a penalty shootout before it gets to the goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> he is going to absolutely smash this. Pickford is about a yard behind his goal line, bouncing up and down in the centre of the goal. This to probably win it for Peterborough. Boswick scores! Now, next week, um, we are going to be bringing out a show on... I believe Monday, the final show before Christmas. But this is something slightly different. We're not going to tell you what it is yet, but um, it's been a couple of months in the in the making, this. The Great War. Ultimately, um, if it hadn't have been for these players and the administrators, then the clubs that people follow today, they wouldn't be in ex- existence. I'm Mark Crossley. And I'm David Cameron Walker. And from the boardroom to the battlefields, from the turnstiles to the trenches, and from the supporters to the Somme, this is the story of football and the Great War. There you go then. Some of our best moments from the past three and a half years. Thank you very much for listening. 
over the past three and a half years. Check out the documentary if you haven't heard it, by the way, if you're a new listener. Uh, Football and the Great War. And thank you for listening today. Thanks to Steve and thanks to Mark as well. Um, that is pretty much it for the 150th episode of We Are Going Got Remember. Do you know what? I'm really excited, though, after, that, after that show. What a tantalising, mouth-watering end to this football league season we've got in store for us over the next what, couple of months. It's going to be Should fantastic. Be uh, so uh, I'm not here next week, um, but the week after we'll be back with the, Where ne- are you? the next show. I'm back in Manchester. Oh, back up north. north yeah. Going to see um, Barry? Um, I'm not. I might go to York away actually next week. Okay. I might be going to that. Um, and then the week after that, when we are back, you're going off to America, aren't you? I am. Um, we are going to do a show just before that, hopefully. Uh, so the next show will be out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, you can still go and get yourself a free audiobook from audible.co.uk/slash going up if you want to do that right now. What are you smirking at me I've, for? I've been having a little look at audible.co.uk/slash going up. Oh, yeah. Some of the titles that you could get your, I say your hands on, get your get your ears get on. Get your ears around. Yes. Um, <laughs> I remember before we did this a few weeks ago, I had a look at some of the, the titles you could get, and I found that slightly dodgy oh, yeah, yeah. audio book no, about, this, about a, a footballer and, and a, having an affair with a with a young lady. Yes, um, a, a fictional book. I must I must point out. <laughs> I found another one. This is this is actually obviously I searched football in the bit in, yeah, in the yeah, search bit, but it's actually it comes under the erotica section. <laughs> yeah, is where it should nice be. And a pass- yeah, pattern developing. And it's it. called it's called the football team, the Virgin Diaries. <laughs> The description is, Amber is looking forward to her cheerleader tryouts. She's most excited about fitting into the sexy outfit. What a perfect outfit to wear when she loses her virginity. Oh, my days. And, I mean, it's football as in, as in... We need some... There we go. We need I mean, some it's, different kind of it's, music it's here. football as in American football. I mean, oh. you don't... Oh, you didn't say that. Well, you know, I typed in football. Okay, You fine. know, it's just the problem with the search engine. So but, you're basically saying that you want people to, to download that? Well, I don't want to that. people to necessarily yeah, download um, that. Well, I'm just saying it's there for you. If you want a bit of audio you... erotica and it's not Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, a sporting take on Fifty Shades of Grey, if you like, someone you can you can go for a, this. Someone have a look at that man's download history. That's all I'm <laughs> Do you know saying. what the be- you want the biggest selling um, I audio... I thought we'd try to wrap this up. Come no, on. No, this is interesting. Right. You know what the biggest selling audio book is of the last seven days on audible.co.uk? I don't know. Buddhism for busy people. <laughs> Something I think we all need. I'm very busy. We both are. We need a bit of zen in our lives. Audible.co.uk slash going up if you'd like to download some erotic uh, football fiction or some Buddhist audiobooks. Both, or some maybe. Buddhist. There's room for both in our Why lives. Why not? Um, and of course the other offers for the football pools. and Yang. And Paddy Power at wearegoingup.co.uk. Uh, the Twitter is at Waggy Podcast. So is the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Waggy Podcast. We've got an Instagram and the website wearegoingup.co.uk. Thanks for listening. That is it. Another epic show in the Campbell Speaks you for episode 151 in a couple of weeks. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. (laughs) 